This is Melissa Milner. Welcome to the Teacher As Podcast. The goal of this weekly podcast is to help you explore your passions and learn from others in education and beyond to better your teaching. The Teacher As Podcast will highlight innovative practices and uncommon parallels in education. In this episode, I talked to Carly Spina. Carly is an EL bilingual dual language instructional coach. Carly clearly enjoys the work that she does. Her positivity is infectious. Enjoy my interview with Carly Spina. Welcome, Carly, to the Teacher As. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. There's so much I want to get to in this interview. So I'm just going to start by, you know, what would you like the listeners to know about you? One thing I would love the listeners to know is I am a advocate for everybody stepping into their spaces, their roles as change agents in their systems, no matter how long they've been in their school systems. My background in education, I was a um, EL teacher for third, fourth, and fifth grade for five years. And then I transitioned to a third grade classroom teacher position in a transitional bilingual program. And I did that for six years. And right now I'm serving eight schools plus one virtual school from EC all the way up through eighth grade as a district EL bilingual dual language instructional coach. Wow. Obviously, this is a passion. What's your philosophy? Where did, it, where did this all start, I guess is what I'm asking. Um, I grew up in, uh, on the north side of Chicago as a kid, and um, everyone in the neighborhood, I felt like, <laughs> except for my family, spoke an additional language besides English. And so, you know, if we'd go up and down the street, you'd have conversations, uh, you know, the neighbors would be having conversations with their families or on their phones. Um, speaking all kinds of different languages. And so language was just always a part of my upbringing, even though we were monolingual. My mom worked as a youth pastor in the neighborhood for many years. Um, And so she was always very conscientious about teaching us about people who were different from us. And she was really, really intentional in that. I didn't get the chance to like learn an additional language until high school. Um, And so I started to take classes in Spanish. And then, um, you know, growing up, I always learned like the real good Spanish, like the stuff they don't teach you (laughs) in school. (laughs) Um, But I didn't take it in like formally until high school. And then I continued through college. But I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. And my mom always said to me and my sisters growing up, like, find out what you're good at and use it to serve others. I always loved children. Again, we always loved language and culture. And so this felt like the most perfect way to blend all of our passions and things that we we loved growing up. And so that's kind of how it all started. When you start going to school to be a teacher and you start learning about how to teach a second language, are you of the school of immersion or SEL type of thing? So I am for all of it. <laughs> yeah. When um, I was going through like my undergrad, I was taking my ESL endorsement classes and my bilingual um, ed classes. And we were able to kind of go through and see lots of different settings of how to support multilingual learners. 
And I've, I've been able to experience over the years all these different kind of philosophies and frameworks and models for supporting students who are um, adding to their linguistic repertoire. And so I've seen pull-out programs where, you know, you take students and they're with you pretty much all day or for a significant portion of the day. And I've also seen, you know, the other end of the spectrum where it's like co-taught, full inclusion. Um, There's a dedication for, you know, the classroom teacher with the ESL specialist to co-teach and co-lead lessons and co-plan and co-assess and do it all together. That's where I'm at right now in terms of my philosophy. Co-teaching is really the most powerful model um, that I've seen uh, in my years. And I've also been able to support not only like the ESL, you know, side of things where we're, we're focusing just on English language acquisition, but I've also been able to be a part of um, bilingual education and dual language education. So when I was teaching as a classroom teacher for third grade, it was really awesome to me to be teaching for biliteracy. So it wasn't just like we're elevating English all the time. It was like, no, your your heritage language is just as important and you're going to be able to simultaneously, you know, develop your skills in literacy and reading, writing, listening, and speaking in both English and in Spanish. And so it's it's so cool to me, I think, to see how our field has developed even over the last 15 years. I think there have been so many positive changes to being more inclusive and being more um, like leveraging our students' heritage language into our classrooms and not being fearful of it or, um, you know, like, oh my goodness, I don't speak Mongolian. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's been really neat to, to watch things evolve in a system over time. I think you said you're now doing K through eight. Early childhood all the way up through eight. Wow. So what does that even look like? What's a typical day? You know, that's a huge span of age. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm serving right now um, all those levels as an instructional coach. And so I'm supporting, the cool thing about my role is I'm the only one in my district with this role. So I am everybody's teammate. Like I I get to work with everybody. So it's it's really cool. We have um, across our eight schools, we've got a staff for our multilingual department. So that includes EL teachers, bilingual teachers, dual language teachers, and associates at all of those levels too. In addition, we have our bilingual speech pathologists and bilingual psychologists and um, bilingual special education teachers. So we have about 50, maybe 55 uh, folks just in our department alone. But um, I get to support administrators and like middle school science teachers and uh, kindergarten classroom teachers and everything in between. So every day looks a little bit different in my role. And then this year in particular, this school year with the pandemic that's, you know, affecting everybody in, in many different ways. But uh, my role this year is I'm still coaching full time, but I'm also supporting third, fourth, and fifth grade students who are in our virtual school, in our remote school. So my time is kind of split between all of that. So some days I am like leading professional development for associates. And then, you know, two hours later, I am reading with third graders. An hour later, I'm working with a co-teaching partnership and we're talking through uh, some co-planning modules to support their instruction as they you know, embark on this journey of co-teaching together. So every day looks a little bit different, but I love it. (laughs) 
it sounds like it's really exciting. And you seem to have a personality that you probably get along with everybody and you're able to just like shift. Oh, now I'm talking to a kindergarten teacher. Boom. Now I'm talking to third graders. You seem to have a very bubbly personality and you're very flexible, I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) You do a lot of coaching. So either number one coaching or top three coaching tips for people out there that are coaching either ELL teachers or, you know, we have a lot of literacy coaches that listen to the podcast. If I'm thinking just through my coaching lens, I would say, you know, one of the biggest like aha moments for me as I was exploring, you know, kind of stepping into this type of a role was coaching is not about fixing anyone that's broken. A coach is not the person who's the best at the thing. It's a person who is a think partner. It is a, an encourager. It is a resource finder. It is truly just a support buddy. We all need that. Um, and so I think that was something that really resonated with me when I was exploring a role like instructional coaching is it's not about um, having all the answers. It's about unlocking the expertise of our colleagues that are already there. They already have this expertise. And in terms of coaching for multilingual learners, one of the biggest things I always want to share with people is even if you don't have like an ESL certification, or even if you are monolingual, um, you still have so many different opportunities and ways to support the families you serve and the, the students that you serve. You know, don't let that intimidate you. Like you, you are absolutely able to equip yourself with powerful practices and tools and strategies to provide support. So don't be intimidated by it. You can absolutely do this. And the third thing I would say is everybody is an English language teacher (laughs) because we all engage with our content areas, whether we're teaching middle school, you know, algebra, or we're teaching a social studies unit in third grade, or we're teaching about communities in first grade. No matter what our content is, we are all engaging with language constantly. So we are all teachers of language. We, we all have that opportunity to share that space and share that ownership of, um, you know, we're all in this together to support our kids. It's a great lens. Like you said, the coaching lens. I like how you said support, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> when you're working with teachers, do you do outreach to families in your position or are you helping teachers to know how to reach out to families? I do both in my role. Across our district, we have over 60 languages present, which is so cool, something we're so proud of. We have three very active BPACs, which are bilingual parent advisory councils. And so we have one for, um, we have a Spanish BPAC, we have a Korean BPAC, and we have a Mongolian BPAC. In my role, I'm, I'm active in supporting those groups, but I'm also, um, I do a lot of outreach on my own with the families that we serve. And I also try my best to empower my colleagues across the district to consider their lenses as they're doing their classroom newsletter or as they're, you know, designing their curriculum night presentation. I am definitely an advocate for, you know, serving alongside our teachers so that we can all provide the best supports to families. That's a a huge passion of mine is family outreach. Amazing. Just listening to you, I know you probably have a thousand of these, but can you just give just a story of a great moment with either an individual student or a great moment with a class where you really feel there was an aha moment or you you made a breakthrough? 
one thing that happened recently that I'll share, our district was was um, helping families kind of navigate the change for our second trimester coming up, and, and parents had the option to either enroll their students in our virtual school for the entire trimester or um, to attend in person through our hybrid model right now. And so I asked the district uh, if I could go ahead and lead some parent sessions just to have conversations with families so that they really understood what their options were. And we were able to provide interpreters into a few of our uh, top languages. And we promoted it a few different ways through, you know, social media, through text messages, through video messages, through emails, and then through the teachers, of course. Um, And so we had a great turnout. And as we were kind of going through, we were kind of giving some examples of like, you know, this is what it would look like. This is how it would be different. This is what would be the same. Parents had the chance to ask really great questions. And one family I have known for 15 years, she now has a daughter who's in middle school and she stayed on with me after the Zoom and it was, it was pretty late. So my eyes, you know, were super, super dry and I was very like tired. It was probably 8.30 at night, uh, but we, we stayed on and we were talking and sharing stories. And at the very end, she says, thank you for protecting us and thank you for giving us this chance. And that moment, I've, I've never heard a parent say to me, thank you for protecting us. And it gave me chills and it was the compliment of my career. That's amazing. I, I want them to know that, you know, I'm here for them as, as a teacher, as an educator, but also as, you know, a fellow mom, a fellow human being, you know, we all need to just equip ourselves with all the right information, um, you know, and, and just the opportunity. And so when she said that, I just it stopped me in my tracks. Making a difference. (laughs) That's amazing. So uh, I found you on Twitter. Do you reach out to get ideas and share the work that you do on Twitter? What's your purpose of being on Twitter and how does that help you in your job? Yes, yes. I absolutely love learning from educators online, Um, whether it's, you know, through my Twitter feed or my Facebook feed. um, I am constantly seeking the expertise of fellow educators in the field doing their thing every day, you know, finding out what works in their system with their students, their families that they serve. I'm constantly trying to grow myself and improve myself and learn from their experiences and their expertise. So I absolutely love Twitter for that reason. And I always say to people, you know, some folks will say like, oh, you know, I don't have time for Twitter. I don't have time for for that. But I'm like, that's like the best professional development. It is. (laughs) It's short and sweet and digestible. And you're easily connected to so many other people. And I think, especially in, in the field of EL and bilingual ed and dual language education, you know, sometimes there's some of us who are like the only specialist in the school who who has that role. And so sometimes you feel like you're on an island or like, you know, you don't have folks who kind of get the ins and outs of your role. And so when you go online, you are instantly connected. You have a family, you have a community of folks who will cheer you on or give you advice or kick you in the butt when you need it too. <laughs> Do you have any particular Twitter chats that you enjoy? I do love the um, hashtag ELL chat on Mondays. And I also love that hashtag ELL chat book club 
Um, and that's kind of a slow chat that happens each month. And we explore a different book that serves the linguistically diverse community, which is so, so cool. And I also love the mastery chat from the Teach Better team. They're awesome. And um, the Teach Like a Pirate chat and the Kids Deserve It chat as well. Those are great recommendations. <laughs> Are there any projects you are zooming in on right now or any elements of your work that you're zooming in on? Zooming in. There have been two passions of mine that I was excited to kind of get off the ground. Um, One happened right before the pandemic and it was called Bus Stop Outreach. And it was super simple and kind of informal and fun, but it really it provided a lot of good opportunities for both teachers and for students. And so basically what it was is we would target one neighborhood and we would show up all the teachers, all the staff, all the administrators, and we would show up at the bus stop in the morning before the kids would get on the bus for school. And we would bring some donut holes and orange juice um, or sometimes, you know, healthier snacks like, like a clementine or an apple. But it was really an opportunity for educators to get into the neighborhoods and spend some time and surprise the kids and start them off on their day with like a really positive way. And we would have signs that say like, we love our students. We're so proud of you. Such a cute idea. It was so, so much fun. And and the kids all loved it. And the families would come out. That's how you knew you were like onto something is when the moms all come out of their apartments and they're, they're holding their cell phones and they're posting it on social media. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> and then the other, so we kind of had to pause on that for the pandemic. And then my other thing that I'm really excited about is um, we have a co-teaching academy. So I partnered with my amazing colleague. She kind of, she is my role, but in um, through the special ed and student services lens. So she is also a district level coach and uh, she and I both have like a whole roster of partnerships of teachers. So it's like one, you know, classroom teacher or one content teacher who has paired up with a specialist of some sort. So that might be a special educator, that might be a speech and language pathologist, it might be a reading interventionist, or it might be an EL teacher or a dual language teacher or a bilingual teacher. And we come together and we do some great learning about co-planning, co-instructing, co-assessing, co-reflecting. And we get PD, we um, have monthly coaching, and then we have collaboration opportunities so that partnerships can share with other partnerships, you know, what has worked well for them, some of their, you know, problem solving opportunities been. And it's just been so powerful because it has started to really make some shifts in our district. EL is not tiptoeing in the room and whispering to a small group of students in the back. It is collaborative. It is for everybody. Um, and it is lever- leveraging the expertise of two adults. And so we have we've found a lot of really good partnerships and collaboration opportunities with the teachers we're serving. They are rocking it. They're amazing. That's so cool. I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm co-teaching with special ed. Well, she's dual certified. It's our first year co-teaching together and it's a blast. Oh, that's amazing. That's so fantastic. I can recommend a lot of good, like I love Andrea Honingsfeld and Maria Dove. They've written so many great books about co-teaching for language learners. And then my my partner, she loves the work of Wendy Murawski and co-teaching. So we're kind of taking all these experts in the field and and taking their knowledge and and bringing it to, to our system. Is there anything else that you were hoping to talk about and share with the listeners before I do the last question? 
I think I just want everyone to know that, you know, no matter what your role is, you have the power to make change in your system and you have the power to flip lenses from, you know, if anyone is is kind of demonstrating a deficit-based lens for our students, like you have that opportunity, that moment where you can offer the alternative, you can push the narrative, you can counter the narrative and share all of the amazing gifts and assets that our students and our families bring to the table and bring to our schools every day. Beautifully said. On a totally different note, what is your favorite movie and why? Oh my goodness, you're going to laugh at me. Are you ready? I'm ready. Legally Blonde is my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, I love it, I love it. I love, I love Elle Woods. I love her personality. I love her fashion, of course, too. But I love that she is so positive and determined and she keeps going even when people don't believe in her or even when people dismiss her or don't think she has what it takes. She keeps going and she proves them wrong. And she does it with a smile and lots of class. <laughs> That's such a fun movie. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, that tells a lot about you. It does. <laughs> You know, you look on the bright side and you're survivor and working hard. How can people reach you if they want to know more about your work? Uh, people can reach me on Twitter. Um, they can follow me at Mrs. Spino's class. And then I also have a blog called Innovative EL. And you can just Google that. And um, otherwise, you know, I am all about friending folks on Facebook. So I am all about that. How, how do we find you on Facebook? Do we just look up your name? Yes, just my name. Just my first and last name, Carly Spina. Wonderful. Thank you so much. This was amazing. It's so nice to hear the perspective of a coach, but also just trying to make a difference for, for these students. It's so important. So thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to me. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode and have not done so already, please hit the subscribe button for the Teacher As podcast so you can get future episodes. I would love for you to leave a review and a rating as well if you have time. For my blog, transcripts of this episode, and links to any resources mentioned, visit my website at www.theteacheras.com. You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at Melissa B. Milner. And I hope you check out the Teacher As Facebook page for episode updates. I am sending a special thanks to Linda and Lester Fleischman, my mom and dad, for being so supportive. They are the voices you hear in the Zooming In soundbite. And my dad composed and performed the background music you are listening to right now. My intro music was Upbeat Party by Scott Holmes. So what are you Zooming In on? I would love to hear from you. My hope is that we all share what we are doing in the classroom in order to teach, remind, affirm, and inspire each other. Thanks for listening. And that's a wrap.